girl's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. I've got an idea for an M. Night Shyamalan style film. Oh, so a really shit idea that has an illogical ending that's completely full of plot holes and... Pretty much. Disregards science <laughs> in every way, shape or form. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's literally just you have to spend two weeks with your own children because it's school holidays. Oh, no! And the twist is, the twist is, I didn't murder him. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like, oh, my God, that ridiculous one. And they're all ridiculous. I know that doesn't narrow it down. But the ridiculous one with like Mark Wahlberg, where there's like there's like the happenings in the wind or something. Is and it, it the happening? I think so. Or the event or something very non-committal. The shitting and <laughs> the shit particles like fly into you and like you commit suicide. Basically, the ending of that film because it's like they got like I don't know fucking three hours in and we're like fuck me, we literally have no idea how to end this. So the ending is literally like oh. And then for no reason whatsoever, it just stopped and we'll never know. But that's just science. No! That is the fucking literal opposite of science. That is the literal, just, oh, we'll never know. Science? No! That's not how science works. That's how science worked in the days when the papacy ran everything. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Got a heretical idea? Well, we need to start a fire. Oh, my God. Do you think possibly, you know, it could be, you know, uh, microbes, you know, in there, which burn them, <laughs> burn them. Like, oh, fucking. Well, the, the guy, the scientist slash doctor in Italy who suggested that people should like wash their hands mm. uh, basically between doing horrible <gasps> things where they've got their hands inside dead people and yeah. all this sort of stuff. Yeah. He was he was committed to a sanatorium. Yeah. He thought he was nuts. Yeah. Ironically. Hey, hey. <laughs> Sanit, uh, uh, that's not my best. I'm not proud of it. It's pretty good though. <laughs> but, oh my god! Like you know what? I kind of wish that, like, um, you know, back in the day, like you could go on Dragon's Den and be like, "Oh my god, I have this great invention. It's going to change the world. It's called washing your hands." <laughs> that's called Dragon's Den because if you offend the religious orthodoxy, they set you on fire. <laughs> they send you to the dragon. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, it's like the rancor in the. Uh... Star Wars. <laughs> but, oh, my God. I, yeah, I just love it. Like, somebody could be like, oh, my God. Like, how about you just wipe the cow shit off your hands before you put it inside somebody's intestine? Maybe that's just preposterous. <laughs> yeah, it's good for them. It's full of it's full of calcium and, and Well, they didn't minerals. even know that. It was, it was full of holy ghost. Oh, yes. I need a little bit of holy ghost in you. And and your and your vitamin D D for dirt. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think we would have got very far oh, in that Lord. era. Yeah, I know. I don't. I I love that period where it was like basically just anything wrong with you. Oh, just stick a leech on it. Blood loss. Put some more leeches <laughs> on you. <laughs> got a headache? Leeches. <laughs> leeches or give money to the church. Oh yeah, that always that always works. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because I'm the sort of person who couldn't afford private health insurance, I would have gone with the leeches. 
<laughs> oh my god! I'm the type of person who would have gone out and just like thrown like sticks at the moon. <laughs> just imagine the guy turning up to the bloke in the full plague mask, and you've got gonorrhea, and he's like leeches. Yeah, no <laughs> leeches. Oh. oh my god! Because you know people would have had um, like hemorrhoids. Oh. Can you imagine someone dropping a box of like leeches on your hemorrhoids? Imagine being a leech in the dark ages. You had to deal with some chronic shit. Oh, my God. Do you think you got weekends off? <laughs> I doubt it. There's a leech on the weekends. Well, this is before trade unionism and yeah, the leeches true. did not organise as far as I know. Yeah. Well, like, and as we found out last week, not being part of a union is <laughs> it's, it's quite bad for your employment status. Yeah. We need to develop like the evolutionary scale that goes from like chimps to fully walking human of just like exploited <laughs> Labor and it's like leeches, children, <laughs> teenagers, <laughs> everyone at Amazon, <laughs> everyone in America. <laughs> Joe Biden talking about how they've increased the minimum wage to fifteen bucks. That's less than you get at Macca's in Australia. Oh man! Well, there are still people over there. Like, it's, but no, like if if you're um, there's some industries like in some states. Like if you're in a service industry, such yeah. as like a waitress, you're like exempt from that because they're like, oh well, you're going to get tips, so you could be paid like three dollars an hour. Yeah. On the assumption that everybody is going to give you, you know, uh, enough for a decent standing of living, which of course. Yeah. Uh, doesn't yeah. happen. And now we've got Patreon. Yay! Yay. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, that's right. Well, you know, uh, guess who got fired today? Oh, really? Guess who got fired? This guy. I think this is beautiful because we've now both been fired from the same workplace. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Yeah, but, dude, I got fired in a pandemic. Yeah. Fuck you, capitalism. I got two days before Christmas. Oh, that is true. So twenty seven. What was it? Twenty seventeen. Two days before Christmas. Yeah. You get fired in a fucking pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Fucking. Oh, that's that's fucking. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, so yeah. Um. So I'm gonna become a prostitute for cat food, basically. Hey, it's it's like living. You know, you'll get paid in leeches. Sex work is real work. <laughs> <laughs> Move to America, you'll do better. Oh no! I was watching. Um, I was watching Zed Nation yeah. the other day. Zombie TV series. Yeah. Um, it, it's great. It's very funny. I mean, actually, I'm into season two, so I don't know what the rest of the season are. But so far, at season two, I'm enjoying it. Um, but in season one, they had this woman who was prostituting herself for what it seemed were two Panadol. Yeah, I can see that. Did they have codeine in them? Because I'd be up for that. Uh, no, I think it was just your regular, like, generic brand. Oh, just paracetamol. Yeah, and it was kind of like, and I know it's the apocalypse. Yeah. And obviously, you know, things like if you've got a fever, yeah. you know, you really need to, like, break that fever. But nobody had a fever. And I was kind of like, you know what? I think I'm worth more <laughs> than two Panadol. Yeah, it's for mild pain relief. Yeah, like. Yeah, which is what you basically give to a kid when, they, when they're when they sooking about having scraped their knee and you just want them yeah. to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, have yeah. some Panadol. It's going to work in just a second. It's like magic kissy-kissy. Yeah. It does nothing. Like you give them a hero dose too that could potentially shut their liver down and you're like, nah, that's not going to fuck Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I was kind of like, oh, yeah. So, you know what? To everyone out there who's 
just been laid off in a pandemic, um, who's just having a shit day. You know what? John and I think you are worth more than two Panadol. Unless there's codeine in them, then fucking get on your back and think of the days when toilet paper was normal. Yeah. And wasn't just recycled was- Dan Brown books. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, that was my problem with the book of Eli. Yeah. Like they didn't just get that Bible at the end and just turned like, you know, they got the book. I just would have loved it if they just went, finally, we have the power. And they've like, just put like cut to there it is in a toilet. <laughs> just tearing off single pages. Finally, a decent oh. wipe. Oh. 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 We ran out of Chick-fil-A napkins in 2100. <laughs> <laughs> Could I, can I say I did not enjoy the Denzel Washington version of the Book of Eli? No, it was kind of half Blade, half Mad Max, half just just some weird like Matt Cameron. Yeah, it was kind of like they kind of half asked six ideas and didn't really commit to any of them. Was it M Night Shyamalan who made that film? <laughs> no, but it's like it's for the what, record, I love Signs. That's a brilliant film. Um, it's one of those films where like you you watch it and like it does my head in because it's got um, obviously it, it's got the uh, amazing Denzel Washington. Yeah, he's brilliant. It's got the one and only Gary Oldman. Yeah, it's got. Bugger me, that guy who I can't remember his name, but he always plays that English guy who's friggin' awesome, who's the second in charge to Gary Oldman. I can never remember his name, but always gives like a great performance. Like stellar actors and you just kind of like, I can't believe they like their brilliance was wasted on this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Happens quite a bit. Sometimes shit just doesn't gel. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of like, oh, it should have worked, but just ba-bow. Yeah, Suicide Squad. Holy fuck, that was bad. Really not a fan of Suicide Squad, are you? No, because it was full of really great actors and it sucked. Yeah. Well, like, I. That's the only time. Like, you compare Suicide Squad yeah. to um, the, the fucking Nancy Kerrigan story. What's her fucking name? Tanya Harding. Tonya Harding. Yeah. So you compare Suicide Squad to I, Tonya. Yeah. Haven't you, seen it. Oh, my God, it's brilliant. Okay. It is so good. <laughs> who knew <you> figure skating? <laughs> no, exactly. But the thing is, um, uh, what's her name? The Australian chick. Um, Margot Robbie. Yes. So Margot Robbie plays um, Harley Quinn mm-hmm. in Suicide Squad and yep, yep. plays Tonya Harding in I, Tonya. Okay, yeah. And she is mind-blowingly good. Yeah. Like fucking ridiculous. Should have got an Oscar good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a good film too. Okay. Well, no, see, I, I think by the time I saw Suicide Squad – all these people had complained to me about how shit it was. Yeah. So I didn't find it as bad as everyone else because I was expecting it to be the worst thing ever made. It's pretty fucking close too. Oh, I've seen worse. Yeah, I've seen Psycho too. That was Yeah. Bad. Oh, the Psycho remake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the TV remake of um, uh, The Shining was pretty bad. Oh, oh I haven't seen that. Oh, ugh. The TV remake of Dune as well was pretty bad. I'm a, I'm actually a fan of the um the David Lynch slash Alan Smithy version of of Dune. Oh, I've just, yeah. See, I'm the same. Like when I w- when I was like a kid, like I saw like I had like an old copy of like Dune, mm. and like you know you just as a kid, and it's it it's just got enough to just spark your imagination. I think as a kid that you can basically fill in all of the plot holes just yeah. with your own imagination. Yeah. Because um, there are some big books to try to compress yeah. down. Yeah. And Lynch, um, Lynch is the guy to do it. Yeah. Because a lot of his films, a lot of the time, it's just kind of like weird abstract thing you're looking at. 
Yeah. Like, is this, it's like, why is there a, like a big hairy bush in a bowl of milk? But that's <laughs> just, that's David Lynch, man. Uh, Garmin Bosia. That's just, that's just David Lynch. Yeah. Have you ever seen like some of the in-depth explanations for what Twin Peaks really was about? No. It's, I'm not going to spoil it for people here because Twin Peaks is iconic. It's one of my favourite things of all time. Yeah. But I had to watch this. It's like about a five-hour explainer on YouTube and I could link it on the, oh the Facebook page <sighs> if people want to watch it. It is it is methodical Yeah. and very well sourced and very well thought out and in my opinion probably comes the closest you will. Yeah. So like I'm not sitting there going, yes, this matches my theory. It was like I threw my entire theory in the bin. Okay. After they played this, because I'm like, oh, they're fucking, they're 100% correct. But did, wasn't it? But wasn't it the whole point? Was it was explained by the the shitty Fire Walk with Me movie that was no, released afterwards? Not even close. Oh, I thought that was supposed to be like the the revelation of what was happening. No. So without giving anything away, we were never supposed to find out who killed Laura Palmer. The entire idea of the TV show was to challenge the orthodoxy of the 80s and the 70s that everything had to be resolved yeah. that night. Like they were going back to the days of the 1950s radio yeah. serials where things just rolled on and rolled on and there was never any resolution because they figured yeah. once we found out who killed Laura Palmer, yeah. people would lose interest. Yeah. And I'm going to leave it at that because the entire show then revolves around that entire premise. But then why did he make Fire Walk With Me? Because you find out who kills Laura Palmer. Yeah, you do because the executives in season two basically forced their hand and okay. made Lynch and Frost okay. give up and say who killed Laura Palmer. Lynch fucked off in disgust. They got in a whole bunch of like ring and directors uh, who literally tried to fill it with like weird Lynchian shit, which is why you get yeah, yeah, like yeah. the doorknob scene and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Lynch comes back for the very end and does the the much maligned season two closer. Yeah, yeah. He then got his wish and got to do Firewalk with me, which went some way to repairing the damage. And then season three mm-hmm. of Twin Peaks. Uh, made for Showtime in what 2017 or something like that. Oh, I like haven't that. seen that. Yeah. Oh fuck, it's brilliant. It's it's the complete resolution of it. Oh okay, right, maybe almost I'll watch the thing. almost as if it was meant to go this way. Like he almost psychically predicted it. Oh look, you know what? As long as uh, as long as that woman is still happy with her log, that's all I care about. Oh, because she died in the making of it. Oh really? Yeah, but they still managed to get her into the. They still managed to get her into season three in a really beautiful way. Oh, it's really. Did they really bury nice. her with her log? I think so. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, there's a lot of carbon capture in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd want <laughs> you'd want to take it with you. That's nice. It is. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Why Why did we start talking about Twin Peaks? I... Oh, because we were talking about June. Yes. Because we were talking about something else. Uh, this whole show basically is unscripted up to this point. I stopped listening to you <laughs> ages ago. Yeah. Um, well, my apologies to any of our new listeners who've come on board from the ABC here in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bit of a shout out the other day on on, uh, on Australia's uh, national broadcaster. Oh, yeah. Which is quite funny. I've got a bit of a grab for you here. Do you have a recommendation for a great podcast one three hundred triple two eight nine one, or text through on 0467 922 Gavin in the Woods, tell us about this one, Gavin Jack. in the Woods. Now, this is a little Adelaide one. It's by uh, Adelaide comedian John Brooks. Yes. He has won a bunch of Fringe Awards for his comedy. He's hilarious. You would have heard him on the drive show quite yes, often with Jules exactly. Schiller. He's yep. always around the building. Can't get rid of him. Um, and his co-host, Elizabeth Allen. She's very funny lady and they have teamed up together to create a podcast about the paranormal, the spooky, urban legends that scare us, everything in between. But it is 
maybe the funniest thing I've heard all year. That's a fucking ringing endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) Although by playing it on our own podcast, it's kind of like we just sucked our own dicks. We did. On air, to be honest. Yeah, but let's pick it to bits. Number one, I've only ever won one Fringe Award. (laughs) Number two. You've won awards for other things. Yeah, yeah. So you're an award winner. (laughs) Yeah. The other thing, I recently quit the ABC. (laughs) So they can get rid of me. Uh. (laughs) And they have. Uh. (laughs) It's very good, but I, I would not dispute that um, uh, you're very funny. Oh, well, this is awkward. Yeah, I know. And this you're drinking awkward. too. I'm not. I'm not. You know, laying it on like a fucking weirdo. Well, you know, fucking when you get fucking fired in a pandemic, if you can't fucking drink, then when can you fucking drink? Seriously, exactly. fucking yeah. Big on the fucking apocalypse. That's what I say. Let's yeah. start fucking eating, eating the rich. <laughs> the funny thing about that is, though, that the ABC in Australia has an extremely conservative, <laughs> middle-aged to older demographic listenership. Oh. So uh, if you're just coming aboard, I suggest you either listen to uh, the one where we talk about whether Captain America eats pussy. Mm. Or uh, cock squatch. Cock squatch. Uh, yeah. Various stuff about Army Hammer being a cannibal. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, the Mothman eating carpet. Mm. Mm. The correct gripping procedure when you put things up your ass. That is true. Um, how you should the proper and correct technique for shitting in a service station cup. Yes. Uh, when living in your ex girlfriend's attic. Yes. How to light your dick pic. That is true. Very hard to do. Rembrandt lighting is very hard to achieve when mm-hmm. you're uh, when you're struggling to keep a grip. See, it's weird. It's we're supporting the arts. The ABC would love it. That's why the ABC loves us. Supporting the arts, mate. <laughs> supporting the arts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't judge me. Oh my god! Can I say? Yeah. Um, uh, someone took me to the movies the other night and we went and saw the new uh, Mortal Kombat movie. Made right here in Adelaide, South Australia. The thing that I uh, enjoyed about it, the guy playing Kano, Josh Lawson. Yeah, Josh Lawson, funny Australian actor slash comedian. I would never have picked him for this role in a million years. Like I would never have seen him as a Kano. I'd never see him as someone who would ever thought would throw a punch. But can I say I love it because I think it is one of the most honest portrayals of an Australian on cinema. Because basically he just comes out and he's like, yeah, nah, you can't get fucked. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. This is the same Josh Lawson who That's portrayed me. Paul Hogan in a biopic. Yeah. Terribly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. he's redeemed himself. Clearly. Yeah. No, it's literally. And it's just and it's just, and it's just him just being a cunt, taking the shit out of everybody. Just like, and like literally, just literally just like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah. Yeah, nah, you're a cat. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God, it makes me so proud to be an Australian. How many F-bombs did he drop? Or C-bombs? Uh, well, it's an R-rated film. All oh, right. Yeah, they crack can, into that. They can still only say can't a few times, they can't, they? Yeah, probably. Mm. But it's, it, oh, no, nobody else is, like, cussing about. It's literally just him. <laughs> just all like, yeah, nah, you can't. Um, oh, my God. Can I say, at the end of the day, though, I'm just going to call it still not as good as the 90s film. Really? Yeah. No. Wow. No way near as good. And if only in this modern one, they may have had ten times the budget. Yeah. But they were nowhere near to replicating the sheer, full, beautiful, bouncy perfection that is Lee Kang's hair. 
<laughs> that they that they recreated in the nineties film. Like that hair could deflect lasers. Like that, it's a work of art, and they just they just they did not. They also had Napalm Death on the soundtrack. Ah, oh, there you I remember go. that. And creepy like twins, like dudes, like yeah. cheering at the at the fights. Was was Kylie Minogue in that? No, that was Street Fighter. Ah, oh, fucking whoops. Fucking hell. Oh, I'm mixing up my Neo Geo with my Konami. With I my... can't believe you just... Oh, oh, my God. You can... Wow. Somewhere right now, wow. a, a guy fucking a waifu pillow that looks like fucking Lee Kang <laughs> <laughs> has just exploded. He fucking raged. <laughs> His erection knocks his iPod over. Oh, my God. Yeah, you cannot compare Mortal Kombat <laughs> with Street Fighter, the, the the movies. Oh, my God. And for some reason, oh, my God, they're like, oh, my God, let's get, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme, international sex symbol, and make him a ranger. What the fuck was that about? I got no idea. Right there, you. I wanted my ticket Co- money back. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> is this gear good? Yeah, rub this on your gums. It made fucking the, the muscles from Brussels go fucking orange. <laughs> He looks like the original screen test for Predator again. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god. We we should we should do a whole episode just on the original Street Fighter, Mortal One, Kombat, or Street Fighter. No, Street Fighter. One of the all time worst films <laughs> ever. It's is it as bad as Universal Soldier? Oh, you shut your mouth. Universal Soldier is a brilliant piece of cinema. Thank you very much. I'm a big fan of Dolph Lundgren. How dare you, sir? Especially his drum solo at the uh, Eurovision Awards in like 2014. Oh. Very, Dolph can play. Yeah, who knew? Yeah. Well, anyone who watched Universal Soldier, who knew he is a national treasure. Yeah, I'm sure there's a scene where just like Whiplash, he goes into a fucking club and plays Caravan on a three-piece Gretsch. Oh, my God. I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. Because for those who don't know, Dolph Lundgren, for a period, dated uh, Grace Jones. Yeah. The seismic... Telltale signs are still in New York, I believe. Oh, my Lord. And, like, the the two of them, like, they were in just peak physical, like, condition. Yeah. And they're both as crazy as fuck, okay? <laughs> if I could invent a time machine, I would invent a time machine so I could go back to a time and place to watch the two of them fuck because I think <laughs> that would be just the peak of human civilization. Seeing Dolph Lundgren... And Grace Jones in some weird, angry... I imagine there'd be a lot of, like, artful posing and slapping of each other. It would just so majestic. Very strange 80s music. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, lots of synthesizers. Depeche Mode. <laughs> At one point he plays her like an electro clavatar. <laughs> Your Back to the Future movie would be weird. <laughs> Where are we going? We don't need roads. Cut to you dogging those two. Ah, oh my god! Well, okay, if you could watch any two people in history have sex, who would you like watch doing it? Well, probably Jesus and one of the disciples. Okay. <laughs> you, oh my god! You and your Catholic guilt. Seriously, you need to fucking let that shit go. I don't know. You've kind of sprung this on me. Um, that's oh. what that's what Dolph said. Hey. hey. Um, I think for sheer for sheer morbid curiosity, uh. I think Ayn Rand and one of her acolytes. I'd want to see just how bad Ayn Rand is at sex because her books are fucking horrific. Oh, so I'm guessing I'm guessing she's pretty bad in the sack. Okay, okay. Uh, so that that just that just for the spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was if I was actually going to go back and watch something that was you know 
probably a little bit erotic and you'd want to see it. I don't know. Like uh, how far back? Oh. Anywhere. Anywhere in time. Anyone. Oh, maybe, uh, I don't know, it's, you know, Marilyn Monroe and Mickey Mantle or whoever it was. Predictable, but whatever. Oh, who would it be for you? Dolph Lundgren and Grace Jones? Grace Jones, yeah. Totally. Okay. Like just two beautiful people at their beautiful like peak. You know that they would have recorded themselves. I know there's a fucking video somewhere. God damn it, I need to see it. <laughs> oh, my God. Just set to 80s beats, smoke machine, fluoro lights, hanging at obtuse angles <laughs> while Max Headroom occasionally pops up. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I'm going to say it, she's one of my favourite Bond villains. Oh, absolutely. Oh, fucking. Wow. Yeah. 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 View to a kill? Yeah. Yeah. If I'm going to be crushed between a, a pair of thighs, let it be Grace Jones. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or Gina Carano. I'd put up with her crazy racism. Oh, is that that's the lady from The Mandalorian? Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know. I, uh, there's something about a, a, a competent UFC warrior that kind of gives it to me. Oh, yeah. No, seriously. Like, yeah, get wood. Yeah. Totally. I totally get that. Be like, oh, I fucking racist, damn it. Oh, oh, does this make my dick racist? Oh, I know. You'd feel conflicted. All right. So if we can, if we can involve fictional characters in the, the back in time to watch people fuck them. Yeah. Definitely Xena and Gabrielle. Uh, well, no, see, Gabrielle used to shit me. She was so delicate. I'd want to see, see, oh, Xena fucking the god of war. Oh. oh. That'd be hot. That would be. That'd be so hot. Me want snoo snoo. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a part of me actually from like um, Evil Dead 2 yeah. where there's two Bruce Campbells. You'd watch that? I'd so watch that. Oh, wow. If Jaws could... What is it, what's the name of his book? If Jaws could kill? If Chins could if kill. If Chins could kill, that's right. Yeah, I'd totally watch Bruce Campbell watching, like, give it to Bruce Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that would just, again, that would just be so weird and trippy. It would be majestic. It'd be fractal. Yeah. Hey, what are the king, baby? Is it just kind of echoes and... Hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yes, yeah, so good. And then he could take off his chainsaw to put like his giant like extended dildo hand on. you got to do the hail to the king while you've got some reverb. Uh, hail to the king, baby. Give me some sugar. <laughs> I don't know why. I paid 900 bucks for this thing. I've got to use the reverb yeah, occasionally. Exactly. Uh, tax deductible, you know. It is. If we made money. Which we don't. Oh. Yeah. So welcome new ABC listeners who've <laughs> just been educated in who we want to travel back in time to watch fuck. Please uh, please feel free to comment on our poll as to whether you believe Captain America <laughs> eats pussy or not. I'd travel back in time to 1996 to watch John Howard fuck the ABC. Ooh, political. Oh, well, that's, that's, the, that's the territory we're in this evening. I thought you were going to say I'd go back to 1941 to see Captain America eat pussy. Because he didn't. He did not. Guaranteeing you, it is totally the, did. It is the most perfunctory. No, I'm, no, no. We're watching two different films. He's mate. from Brooklyn. It's going to be like that. It's going to be like the scene from The Godfather Part Two, where it's just horrible, sparse apartment. The sounds of neighbors arguing as an iron sprung mattressless bed is pushed up and down three times and he groans and walks away without so much as looking her in the eyes. No, it's going to be while he looks you dead in the eye and gives you the secret recipe to create the perfect pasta sauce with your pussy. <laughs> Clam manjanara. 
that vegan? <laughs> if the clams are closed. <laughs> you know what? If the clam is closed, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Oh, my Just, Lord. What's the Elvish word for friend? <laughs> Barrel on. <laughs> and out comes the octopus. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? I think at this point we've won the conversation back in that dude's back into his waifu pillow. <laughs> yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, actually, I was going to say, it's so it's uh, it's appropriate that we're talking about clams and squid. And, and politics. And uh, other sea life because that brings us back. To uh, tonight's topic. The topic of the week. What are we talking about, Elizabeth Allen, freshly unemployed? Oh, my Lord. Look, it is not an unknown thing for a world's leader to be lost while in power. If you do a search of those who have met their end whilst in power, it's quite a long and exhaustive list of men and women, world leaders, shot, stabbed, poisoned, lost in battle, or lost to disease, heart attacks, cancer... It's happened in most countries from Pakistan to Syria, from the United States to Japan. One country, however, stands alone in this long list. This country is Shia. <laughs> Say it again, Kano. Shia, you can't. <laughs> and we are the only country to have lost, and we mean literally lost, yeah. their leader. We don't mean lost to something. We we mean lost. Lost, lost. Like keys. As in tapped a tin of cat food, didn't come back? Lost. <laughs> Put up flyers around the neighbourhood. <laughs> lost. The Prime Minister of Australia went into the Australian Ocean in 1967 and was never seen again. Never showed up. Nobody was ever found. Just lost. As this week, we take a look at Australia's lost Prime Minister in Harold Holt or Holt on, I'm drowning. <laughs> or who let the Holt out? Who, who, who? <laughs> or Holt away, Holt away, Holt away. You leave fucking in, you're out of this. The Harold. Holt flow. <laughs> or, <laughs> or Harold Holt. How the fuck do you lose a prime minister? <laughs> Was this an innocent accident? Was this an international assassination? Was this a jealous lover? Or were the stories true and he just didn't wait 30 minutes after eating pussy before going for a swim? Oh, let's ask Captain America. <laughs> he wouldn't be diving in to save him. <laughs> and they clams keep... Oh, only if I can do it with my eyes closed <laughs> and the baseball turned up. Think of the flag. Oh, All right, let's turn, the, let's turn the tide on this one. Oh, fuck you. Harold Edward Holt was born on the 5th of August 1908 in Sydney, Australia. His parents had suddenly and mysteriously decided to marry each other only seven months before his birth. Oh. Harold's father was at the time of his birth working as a PE teacher in Surrey Hills. Oh, God, no. Please, please, no. I bring this back to you because this is very important for later because oh. I know what you feel about PE teachers. 
So let's just remember that about Harold's dad, oh, shall we? He's gosh. a PE teacher. What was physical education in 1908? Um, putting extra starch in your shorts? Or, you know, just warming up to punch a woman. Is I that think pretty so. Pretty much it. Yeah. And just like do, no, doing that thing where you just lift your knees. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nothing too vigorous, though. Some of these old school remedies for things like don't eat cabbage that hasn't been boiled for 24 hours. And yeah. These people are wearing those full boiler suits and standing there and like doing star jumps. Fucking hell. Yeah. Basically, was it like how to just like, uh, I don't know, like travel across Australia on a camel in a 15 piece <laughs> suit, wasn't it? <laughs> they still hadn't figured that one out. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Now, eventually the family moved to Melbourne in 1920. Holt remained in Melbourne, graduating from the University of Melbourne with a Bachelor of Law degree. By this stage, Harold's father was now living in London and invited his son to England, but Harold declined and remained in Australia and set up his own legal practice. Nice. In 1933, Harold joined the Young Nationalists. It's not a Nazi party it's for not, everyone no. overseas. Well, kind of close. <laughs> no, no. So the nationals are in Australia traditionally linked with landowners, so pastoralists, farmers. Uh, there was a Nazi party movement in Australia at that time. Mm. Uh, but thankfully, uh, I think some of the few public rallies they held, they got beaten up by unionists. Fantastic. Fucking solidarity forever. Woo! So there's another advantage of unionists. Absolutely. Good to beat up Nazis. Nazi punching. Woo! Nazi punks, fuck off. <laughs> now here, basically, so yeah, it was the youth wing of the United Australia Party. Here, yeah. through a friend of a friend of a friend, <laughs> Harold would meet Robert Menzies and he secured <sighs> Robert's patronage. Ugh, Satan himself. Robert would go on to become the Australian Prime Minister from 1939 to 1941 and then from 1949 to 1966, 19 years in total. And he achieved fucking nothing. All of this, this whole story basically just comes back down to it doesn't matter one fuck what you know, but who the fuck you know. Can we do a whole episode on how much I fucking hate Robert Menzies? Okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> In 1934, Harold would run for office and would fail to be elected. Then he would run again and fail a second time. Fool me twice. Only succeeded on a third attempt when he was placed to run in a safe seat um, in a safe seat for a by-election in 1935 where the sitting member of his party had died in office. An ill portent. (laughs) (laughs) Harold was the youngest sitting member by far at the age of 27 years old, making him a baby by political standards. But still close to death by 1950 standards. Yes. Uh, When his mentor, Robert Menzies, took power in 1939, he made Harold a minister without a portfolio. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. So basically what he did was he got his buddy a job and so his buddy could now, even though he didn't like wasn't in charge of any particular minister, he could still like vote yeah, um, and had the full power of a minister. And the pay. And the pay. In 1940, Harold's career would take another unexpected turn upwards. After the Canberra air disaster on the 13th of August in which an aeroplane crashed killing all 10 people on board 
including three serving government ministers, including James Fairbairn, who was the Minister for Air and Civil Aviation. Oh. Now, for the minister in charge of planes and plane safety to die in a plane accident, that has to be the ultimate work performance review <laughs> ever. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, like, that's, yeah, you, you have officially failed in your job. It's a plane crash <laughs> when you're the minister for air safety. <laughs> Can you imagine, though, like, ow. Dude, that's why I reckon it's bullshit. I was like, I think like if you're the minister for transport, yeah. you it should be part of your requirement. You have to catch public transport every day. Yeah. You know, if you're the minister for fucking electricity, you should have to pay your fucking electricity bill on a low income. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's surprising how many big companies and things like that stick all their executive staffs on the same flight. Yeah. It's fucking dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what I mean, it's like the it's like the royal family. There's a reason you don't put them all on the, you know, in the car that Prince Philip was driving. <laughs> Cuz yeah, if there's an accident, you lose them all. Yeah. Spread their shit out. Or don't. Yeah. Oh. One Australian Republic. <laughs> so this plane crash led to an early general election, and this time Harold was made the Minister for Labor and National Service. In 1941, Holt sponsored and helped to bring into law the Child Endowment Scheme for all children in Australia, which essentially meant that all mothers in need in Australia would receive a monetary allowance per child from the federal government. Right. So whereas before, you know, you might be able to get something, but it didn't matter if you had one kid or you had a hundred, you would just get the set allowance. Yeah. This actually allowed you to claim for each individual child. Yeah. You know. So it, it sounds good on face value, but potentially, and I'm, you know, I'm not a scholar of this, but I'm starting to think that potentially it's the Menzies government, it's Harold Holt, mm. uh, potentially much like John Howard's initiatives of the same type, Yeah, it's encouraging white women to breed. Well, there could also be another reason for this. Oh, okay, we'll yes. Get, we'll come back to this later. Because Australia officially would not allow coloured, quote, quote, migration to Australia up until the 1960s. Well, yeah, it's uh, Harold's party would then be out of power for the next eight years. When his party retook power in 1941, he became a senior minister in the government. He spent the next seven years as the minister, as you were saying, for immigration. Yeah. He led the charge to relax the white Australia policy. Holy shit, he would not have been popular. Oh, yeah. Which, as you said, basically, it's... uh, the White Australia policy basically sought to exclude people of non-European ethnicity, shall we say. Yeah. Um, as basically, it provided a fast track to people from the UK. Yeah. And everybody outside of the world could get stuffed. Yeah. The comedian Brendan Burns sums up Australia beautifully in that he says um, – Everyone suffers under the illusion that we're surfers, whereas we've successfully gotten away with genocide. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> so what he would do was uh, he would uh, try to wind down the white-only policy. Yeah. And he went to expand and improve relations with Asia, which, you were right, did not sit well with some. Right. 
Harold then went on to become the country's treasurer and then in 1956 became the party's deputy leader. In 1966, when Menzies retired, Harold was elected unopposed as the party's leader. He led the party to a general election later that year, an election it was thought he would lose, but instead led his party to a landslide victory. He further dismantled the white Australian policy, continued to open Australia up to trade with Asia and the Pacific. He also multiplied Australia's involvement in the Vietnam War. Oh, there's the downside. And he began one of the most hardcore bromances that the world has ever seen with American President Lyndon B. Johnson. Ah, okay. Whilst at a dinner at the White House, Harold declared to the world that Australia was, quote, all the way with LBJ. Ooh, shades of Degrassi Junior High. (laughs) All the way with Stephanie K. Wow. All the way with LBJ. Okay. So this is this is you nineteen know, sixties. Who's left in the Vietnam War? Basically, us, the Americans. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Who else? That's it. <laughs> oh god. It's yeah. It's pretty much it's America and us. <laughs> now to say that we were all the way with LBJ. To say this remark was poorly received by every other person in Australia was an understatement. But this pushback did little to dissuade the bromance with Harold fully opening up Australia to LBJ. No. With Harold giving the green light to not one, not two, but several stations for use by NASA and much more controversially, America's intelligence agency, ah. including the infamous Pine Gap, still in operation today. Yes. Which made Australia, quote, the most substantial centre for American missile and space operations outside the continental United States. Something which continues to this day with the sabre rattling from Dutton and co. Threatening China. So basically what he did was he let them bring in the CIA. Mm, And we all know how well that worked out in the next 10 years. The CIA. (laughs) The CIA got multiple, multiple bases in Australia. They already had an unofficial presence. I mean, you look back at what happened in the 1950s with um, Australia's own, essentially, McCarthyism. Yeah. Which we had yeah. uh, through the, the fledgling um, ASIO, the Australian, uh, what do they call it? Signals Intelligence Organisation or some shit. I don't know what the actual, um, yeah. I don't know what the initialism is, but um, yeah, they, uh, I mean, you look at the Petrov affair in the 1950s and mm. they were always here. We just kind of, you know, said, oh, you don't have to sleep on the couch, mate. There's a spare room now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't just give them a spare room. We gave them like a friggin', we gave them a deluxe house. <laughs> It's in Pine Gap, though. And then painted up our house like a brothel <laughs> and welcomed yeah. the lovely Americans with all their aftershave and their clean living. <laughs> oh. So I come from a town where that happened and it demonstrably improved the town. It's, they created these bases where they're the, the bases where you see in movie where you'll just be standing by like yeah. 
you know, a chain link fence in the middle of nowhere. And then you will see like an SUV will just roll up on you. Yeah. To just look at you. Yeah. And be like, what are you doing? Looking at this land of nothing. (laughs) It's, just as a quick aside, it's a little-known thing that where I'm from, Port Perry, the sister yeah. town to your hometown of Broken Hill. Um, in the Second World War, there was a large contingent of American airmen mm-hmm. over there. And essentially, the American Air Force turned up in in, uh, in conjunction with the British Air Force, yeah. looked at the town of Port Perry and went, ah, we've got to kind of fix this place. Yeah. And they built a shit ton of new roads. <laughs> they modernised heaps of the railway and the electricity. Mm. Fixed the place. Yeah. Basically. Oh, they fixed the ladies, oh, all right. Yeah. Woo! Well, my grandmother apparently sent an airman home because he had the uh, temerity to buy her a beer. Scandalised. And this is the era of Captain America. I'm telling you, he did not eat pussy. Oh, he totally ate pussy. He did not. Your grandma had her pussy eaten (laughs) by so many US officers and you know it. Like, oh my (laughs) God. Your grandma had her pussy eaten so much that bit had a takeout menu printed, all right? (laughs) Your grandma got so much American pussy. Yeah. Yeah, they they didn't build new roads. It was just a track they beat down to our bedroom window. (laughs) Just direct, just guys standing out the front with lamps, just like waving in the next one. (laughs) Uh, For the war effort. Woo! Oh my God. (coughs) Just think of that next time you look at your granny. Well, she's dead. Doesn't stop her. She's buried next to the war graves. <laughs> In her panties. <laughs> On oh top of my dead grandfather, the way he liked it. Oh, Bob and Claire, if you're in heaven, get into it. <laughs> oh, my God. Hello to Lorraine Richens, my mum's friend, who's just started listening to this podcast too. A lot of way. airmen, yeah. you know, did their service. <laughs> A lot of parachute drops. Oh. Straight in her panties. <laughs> that, maybe that's why, because your grandma's like panties were made of silk, because that's just where the pilots landed. Exactly. <laughs> just had this huge stockpile of parachutes out the back. <laughs> I've got to do something with a barrel. Oh, honestly, they're maybe just she was insulted that he only tried to pay her with a beer. She's like parachute, motherfucker. Do you know how hard silk is to get? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? She was insulted that it was a beer and not a glass of pineapple juice. Well, hey! <laughs> she doesn't oh, have to drink them. Ammon had to drink the pineapple juice. No. Yeah, that's how you make the juice taste better. Yeah, no, but no, nobody was doing that. Everybody was eating your grandma's clunge. Do you know how hard it was to get pineapples during the fucking blockade of the Pacific by the oh, Japanese? Oh, they would have they found it for your grandma. The, the Japanese cut off the entire supply of pineapple. There was mm. some foul-tasting jizz being swallowed by my grandmother. Oh, well, you know, for the war effort. She's, yeah. a lot, she's a lot tougher than you, mate. She wouldn't be sitting around complaining. She just got on with them because there was a war, mate. Yeah. She got on with it. She sucked dicks to defeat Tojo. Damn straight. Fucking job. That's how you defeat Hitler. One <laughs> dick sucking at a time. Dun, 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 dun. I wish your grandma, you know, I'm going to dig her up and salute her. Do it. With my cock. Just like every other airman who passed through Fort Perry. <laughs> God bless her. She was a patriot. 
<sighs> Foul tasting blockhead jizz. Woo. So, yeah, so apart from letting the CIA into Australia and into your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you think he couldn't do any more to make the craves conservators clench their buttocks any tighter in rage, Harold appointed the first woman to hold a ministerial portfolio, Senator Annabel Rankin. Oh, was it Minister for Cooking Lunch? <gasps> oh, my Lord. Uh, minister for that pussy. <laughs> No, seriously, what was your portfolio, do you know? Uh, all I know is it was a portfolio. No, there you go. Because if it was anything like modern days, like there's, we got the Prime Minister for Women. No, no, no. She actually had like a legitimate portfolio. Okay, well, good on him. You know, it wasn't like the portfolio of knitting or some bullshit. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, this is at a time when Australia's pubs were still segregated and there was a ladies' lounge. Yeah. And women weren't allowed in the front bar. Yeah. For fear that they might have sex with one of the men. Yeah. Yeah. If only they knew. Nothing wrong with that society. Well, well there's nothing to say, Lonesome. No, I'd never say a word about your grandma. Morbid or drear. Then <laughs> to have to share a beer with someone I might potentially have sex with. Other than oh my, my mining mates. I wish Slim Dusty was around. He could have written a song about you. <laughs> Slim Dusty, his like his entire name is the Dusty Vaginas he never got to go near because women weren't allowed to drink in his pub with no beer. Oh. The pub with no beer. Was he talking about your grandma's clunge? <laughs> that was well lubricated. Thing, <laughs> uh, with turtle fat because it was the war. Oh. Oh. No, you <laughs> can't get your hands on proper petrochemicals. That's true. Because yeah, the Japanese have blockaded them. Uh, with their fucking pineapples. <laughs> Huck, how can I fight a war without my vitamin C? <laughs> oh, my God. Just all the jizz. Oh, my God. It's just ruining morale of the men. I can just see a Ken Burns documentary with some poor wrinkled old lady just going, that was some bad tasting jizz back then. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly. Like, oh. oh. When I think of Operation Market Garden, I imagine all the lovely pineapples they might have had in Operation Market Garden instead of beets and onions that they were eating here. And let me tell you, we suffered. Oh, have you ever had a cow get into an onion patch? Oh, oh it's not pleasant. We well, imagine that times a million. Mm. Oh. When I sucked off first <laughs> Lieutenant Brady Campbell, well, all I could taste was the bitter aftertaste of pickled onions and, and beer. Three-day-old sausage roll. Honestly. Oh. Lam oh. Lamingtons without coconut. Pineapple slice without pineapple. We sucked dicks to fucking fight Hitler. Uh, young people today will never understand what we went through. <laughs> See, I would be right behind people wearing medals on Anzac Day for their dead great grandfather. Oh my god! If they too had to suck some pickled onion dicks. Yeah, just like just like the purple dick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, we we should start that. Do you know what? Like, oh, did did you serve overseas? Nope. Stayed in Australia, but I sucked a lot of dick, Sonny. I sucked a lot of dick. Yeah. They were eating corned beef, pickled oh. onions, and fucking mashed potato. Oh, you don't know what we went through. Oh, it came out like custard, I tell you. Like it, custard. It tasted like clag glue in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Smelt like a dead horse. <laughs>
Oh, Lord. 52 minutes of dick sucking. We're doing all right. Oh, yeah. Har- <laughs> Hello to all our new ABC listeners, by the way. Hello, Ita. Oh, yeah. Hi, Archie, Grandma. Ita's had to suck a few fucking corned beef dicks. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you do for the war. Yep. Harold was a lot more progressive than others had been before, providing the media with a level of access that was unprecedented and was the first Australian Prime Minister to hold regular press conferences and regularly gave TV interviews. Now, on the 10th of November, 1966, this gentleman, whose name I can't pronounce... Nadelka Gajic. Can I have another look? Ned. Nadelka Gajic. Ned. Yeah, Ned. Ned arrived in Canberra and went to Parliament House. In his police interview, he recounted how, upon entering Parliament House, quote, I left the briefcase inside near the door because it was quite heavy and I did not want to carry it around. The rifle was loaded and had the larger magazine in it. I went inside and a man spoke to me and showed me where the government was and where the Senate was. Ned would spend the next six days waiting outside Parliament House for Harold. Ned had a photo of Harold from the paper to identify him. He also had a cut-down twenty-two caliber rifle and magazines that in total held 100 rounds of ammunition. Okay, that's fuck all for today. But back then, that was a fucking arsenal. That is a That fu- was a war effort. Yeah. After six days and no signs of Harold, Ned returned to Sydney, where he threatened a taxi driver and was promptly arrested. The police discovered Ned's stash of weapons, ammunition, and the photo of Harold. Police said that Ned told them that he intended to kill Australia's head man, Harold Holt. Fucking hell, I had no idea that happened. At trial, Ned's lawyers would claim that he actually had... Try this out for a defence. Okay. Okay, tell me what you think of this. Tell me if you think you would run with this. You know, you've just found you've just been trying to assassinate the (laughs) Prime Minister or President. Tell me if you're going to go with this one. Okay. He said he actually had no intention whatsoever of actually killing the Prime Minister. And that it was, in fact, all an elaborate ruse to make the police think that he wanted to kill Harold in the belief that he would be deported back to Yugoslavia as Ned wished to return to Yugoslavia but did not have the funds for the journey. That's uh, that's an epic. Wow. I don't think he quite understands how, like crime and punishment works. If I try to kill the Prime Minister, I'll just be deported. Yeah, they'll send me back to Yugoslavia. Yeah. Well, fuck that. Would you go with that as a defence? Would you try that? Would you give that one a go, do you reckon? Look, it's an ambitious one. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine the uh, the defence lawyer was just like, fuck it. Like, They just had like three bins with like nouns and had to pull one out of each. <laughs> Let's just fuck it. What have we got to lose? We got nothing else. I'm guessing he was found guilty. 
Ned went to court in December of 1966, but the jury failed to reach a verdict. Okay. He was tried again in March of 1967, but again the jury failed to reach a verdict. The Crown prosecutors decided to not prosecute Ned for the third trial. Did they then send him back to Yugoslavia? (laughs) Uh, Fool me three times. When asked, Harold responded by saying that, quote, the decision not to go ahead with the third trial was convincing evidence of the strength of democracy in Australia. Fucking hell, that's... uh, hmm. And the shitness of its police force. (laughs) I may have added that. There was a rumour that at the same time a single shot had actually been fired at Parliament House, cracking a window. However, no evidence has ever been provided to support this claim. But all of this political controversy and assassination plots almost fades to obscurity when compared to the dramas of the Prime Minister's love life. He was a pants man. Days of our lives wishes it had love stories this thick. <laughs> Enter your grandma. <laughs> it was the right era. When still at university, Harold met a woman named Sarah Dickens. Oh, I bet she got a Charles Dickens. Yeah. And there was instantly a mutual attraction. Hello. The two quickly began a romance and they agreed to marry as soon as Holt graduated from university. But then the two got into an argument over financial matters and the two separated. Dick's in was now Dick's out. (laughs) Zara went to Britain. There she met a British army officer named James Fell. And Sarah fell straight into his pants and travelled with her new man to India. In early 1935, Zara returned to Australia and Harold redeclared his love for Zara and again asked her to marry him. Zara declined his offer and returned to her man in India and she became Mrs. Fell. Harold was now in Parliament and was profiled as, quote, the most eligible bachelor in Parliament. Oh, hello. Was the unsexiest pool ever in the history of the world. <laughs> when you're up against Menzies oh. and those eyebrows. A lot of just old, not well-kept, white, yeah. flunky, ripply, <laughs> ripply men. You just, you just know that Harold Holt didn't eat pussy because you could have held onto those eyebrows like a horse's mane, <laughs> like a Frisian. <laughs> Try, just try and pull him left. He won't go. No, he's not going. <laughs> when he comes up and gets breath, I'm going to rig the housing market to get rid of unions. <laughs> <laughs> Harold looked to heal his broken heart in 1935 when he dated Lola Thring, who was the daughter of Harold's father's business partner. Oh, fucking hell. Okay. Well, I suppose this is pre-Tinder. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, where else do you go? Just, yeah. oh, you know, my dad's... Workmates, well, women, daughter. women weren't allowed in pubs. No, well, yeah, where the fuck do you meet people? Yeah. However, Harold's father, remember, used to be a PE teacher who was now single. Oh, no. Decided that he had more than a fatherly interest in his son's girlfriend. No. And in 1936. No. 
Harold's dad married <laughs> Harold's girlfriend. Oh, Jesus. Harold's dad and girlfriend would have a baby girl, Frances, four years later in 1940. And then Harold's father died just five years later in 1945, leaving Lola a widow after only nine years of marriage. That's how you get 100% share in the company. You got daddy's half and then you marry the partner, bump him off nine years, whole company. Boo, yeah, take that sugar. <laughs> fucking put, put her, put Lola on the fucking apprentice. That's not a typical mafia debt trap, but... Elaborate, but works. Yeah. That's some Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade shit. How is... She talks in her sleep. Oh, my God. But seriously, do you know what I mean? Like, you should be able to to introduce your date to your dad and be safe. (laughs) Yeah. You shouldn't be worried about being cock-blocked by your own fucking dad. Does he live in Pornhub? Oh, my God. Seriously. (laughs) Meanwhile... In 1937, Harold's true love, Zara, returned from India, this time to give birth to her first child, Nicholas. Zara would fall pregnant again quite quickly and give birth to two boys, Sam and Andrew, in 1939. Her marriage then quickly dissolved. Zara fell out of interest in her husband and in 1940, she came back to Australia and immediately struck up her relationship with Harold again. Although this was not formally announced for quite some time and the two carried on in their relationship in secret to avoid scandal as they did not want Harold being implicated in the breakdown of Zara's marriage. Fucking, how can you avoid scandal when your dad's stooping your ex? (laughs) Well, it wasn't the ex at the time. Like They were still together when his dad, like... Made his move. Oh, that is a hostile takeover. Oh, fucking hell. That's like Lachlan Murdoch suddenly losing Sarah to his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Old fucking old rupee. (laughs) Eventually, the relationship was announced and Harold and Zara married on the 8th of October, 1946. Harold would go on to legally adopt all of Zara's children. And later, all three of the children would have their surname changed to Holt. I'm starting to like this guy. Biographers... Much, much later, would suggest that it was always a quote, open secret that Harold was in fact the true biological father of the twins. The twins seemingly were convinced at a time when Zara had been back in Australia in Melbourne without her husband. Oh. They also shared a striking physical appearance with Harold. I'm liking him even more. (laughs) But Zara was a force to behold. Even whilst being married to the Prime Minister, she continued her successful career owning a chain of dress stores and actually out-earned her husband quite considerably, even with his Prime Minister's wage. Zara was so successful that she was able to buy her family not one but two holiday houses, one in Portsea, Victoria, and the other in Bingle Bay, Queensland. Bingle Bay? Bingle Bay. I think that's where they had the bingle where the kids were fucking... (laughs) On the outside, they would appear to be the ultimate power couple, but the only couple more powerful 
with a couple in Howard's pants. <laughs> I'm never looking at a photo of her right now. She was a stone cold hottie in her day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Harold allegedly had a passion for the ladies. Yes, <laughs> nothing alleged about it. <laughs> and in particular, the married ladies. Oh, yeah, okay. He might have managed the country but failed in any attempt to manage his pants. <laughs> Zara Holt would die in 1989 but in 1988 she gave an interview and stated that her husband had had dozens Dozens of extramarital affairs whilst they were together. <laughs> These affairs were always illicit but were also very discreet. But not discreet enough to hide from his wife. Mm. This also leads into a very interesting point about Harold Holt. Right. Because obviously there was the, assass- the attempted, alleged assassination attempt, man waiting for him to shoot him. Yeah. Um, earlier, there had actually also been another Australian uh, minister who had been shot, not killed, but wounded by a disgruntled you know, member of the public. So this is when it really sort of started to move forth with the idea of, you know what, politicians should have a security detail. Yeah. You know, um, especially your world leader. You need to have a security detail. Harold Holt, no matter how much they argued with him to have a security detail, he continuously refused right. to have a security detail. Now, he would always make the, like, the statement of saying, oh, no, 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 because the Australian public wouldn't like it. They think I'm being a bit of a wanker, being a bit of a tosser if I have security detail. Like, yeah. man up. Yeah. But people, including Zara, believed the reason <laughs> that he kept refusing a security detail was because he did not want people keeping a track yeah. on all of his extramarital affairs. <laughs> live, he live by the sword. <laughs> literally put the pussy in front of his own personal safety. Yeah. So um, this is why the prime minister of the country yeah. was running around with no security detail. Well, that's probably why JFK died as well. He had the top down just hoping that some pussy would flap into his face yeah, like, a, blah, 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 like a newspaper blah, blah, blah. in the wind. Just yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but at least there were like security guards around him. Yeah. You know, like he had to catch it with a net. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> Jackie O doesn't get enough credit because she is right on. As soon as that bullet hit, she is just like, fuck this, out. Yeah. <laughs> I will love you forever. Out. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Never met him. Barely knew him. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> uh, points to her though. Like, fuck going down with that shit. Oh, yeah. Like, fuck it. Just, I'm out. Uh. On the 17th of December, 1967, Harold was spending some time alone in one of his wife's holidays home. Oh, uh, was he alone? He was spending the weekend at Portsea, Victoria, whilst his wife remained at their main home. Yeah. Harold had spent the day with some friends, including the married wife of his neighbour. Deary me. 
They had originally gone to see a man sail a ship through an area known as the Rip. He was attempting around-the-world navigation. After this, bored heading back to Portsea, Harold suggested to the small group that they stop at a remote beach for a swim before lunch. They were probably surprised when Harold pulled up to a military checkpoint. Harold then led the group through the base, used as a training school for the Australian Army, and down to the beach. Harold was a passionate free diver and spear fisherman and had spent countless hours and years in the ocean, including the beach where he had declared to his guests that he, quote, I know this beach like the back of my hand. Should have said, I know this beach like your wife's pussy. I was going to say, I know this wife like the back of your wife. (laughs) Yeah, smack it good. That was like the, that was like the sport in the sixties was yeah. freediving and spearfishing. Yeah. Every fucking person. And there were pictures of him in like his tight little like James Bond, Sean yeah. Connery, Doctor No little swimsuit. Yeah. With him just like with the ladies down on the beach. Oh yeah, he's he's surrounded by clunge. Oh, he loves the clunge. Um, that's why he learnt how to hold his breath. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an abalone diver. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the party, young lovers, went for a romantic stroll along the beach. Only Harold and another man, Alan Stewart, entered the water. Alan stayed close to the shore. Such the Robin in this. Whilst Batman, (laughs) sorry, Harold, who had shrugged off the rougher than normal conditions and swam further and further from shore as Marjorie Gillespie intently gazed on. So he did this. To impress a chick. Yeah. <laughs> this, this lived and died for the pussy. Oh, yeah. Harold displayed no sign of duress, nor did he signal for assistance. Marjorie simply watched Harold until he disappeared behind a wave and was never seen again. Marjorie kept scanning the water looking for him to reappear, but he never did. Eventually, Marjorie began waving at the others who were wandering along the beach. They rushed to her side. Marjorie explained what had happened. One of the men returned back to the army base to report what had happened. A couple of the military personnel raced down to the beach but could also find no trace of the Prime Minister. And so began the largest search operation in Australian history. But no trace of Harold was ever found. Nobody... No clue, nothing. Yeah. At 10pm on the 18th of December, approximately 34 hours after he went missing, the Governor-General of Australia announced that he had terminated Harold's commission as Prime Minister as he was presumed dead. 34 hours, like fucking hell. Move quick, GG. That's pretty fucking quick. A memorial service for Harold was held at St. Paul's Cathedral in Melbourne on the 22nd of December, just five days after he went missing. How keen were they to get this, like, wrapped up (laughs) and just move along? That's quicker than, like, Osama bin Laden. Wait, (laughs) five days! That's pretty quick. Wow. LBG. But I'm guessing they, they had to because Australia needs a needs an executive. 
Look, surely you just pop someone in charge. Like at least give him the week before you're like, yep, yeah, now nah, that's it. Yeah. Can't do any more. Wrap it up. Whoop, whoop, bring him back in. Next time Scott Morrison fucks off during a national emergency, let's just have him declare He's like, yeah, dead. 24 hours, dead, dead, <laughs> move on, dead. Oh, my God. LBG, LBJ cried. Oh, get fucked, he did. A police report released early the following year had no definitive findings about the disappearance. In 2005, a coronial inquest into the matter suggested accidental drowning and that Harold had simply overestimated his abilities whilst trying to impress the pussy. I added that bit. (laughs) Yeah, pussy doesn't turn up in a coroner's report too often. (laughs) But his body still has never been found. The beach where he disappeared still to this day remains off limits. No beach access is allowed and swimming in the area is prohibited. But we are told this is for safety reasons only as the area is considered extremely hazardous for swimming. No shit. (laughs) Yeah. Now, it wasn't long after Harold disappeared that we lost him. Let's not say disappeared. We lost him. Yeah. We lost him. Like literally looking at him. We lost him. Yeah, go on. The theories started. The conspiracy theories came out of nowhere. Right. Would you like to know some of the theories as to what actually happened to Harold Holt? Oh, okay. How how wacky are we talking? Oh, well, one, he was a member of a crime syndicate. Okay, yeah. Had angered his bosses and was thus eliminated. Pretty sophisticated considering they couldn't even get him killed by a crazy Yugoslavian. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, my first thought would have been maybe <laughs> shark. They just found a crab with a briefcase, a photo of him, <laughs> and a hundred rounds. <laughs> and a hundred shells. <laughs> Another conspiracy suggested that Harold had simply slipped away and committed suicide... Because he was actually gay. Well, if he was, he was acting out by fucking all those women. Yeah. People back then were so terrified of gay people yeah. that if you dis- – they, they would rather just – oh, my God, no, he's clearly gay. He didn't just disappear. <laughs> he disappeared because of the gayness. <laughs> what? Poseidon took him for oh. being gay. Oh, my Lord. Once another theory suggested that he faked his death to be with his lover. He was literally with all of his lovers. Yeah, all the time. There was no one left to love. (laughs) He had loved everybody. Yeah. (laughs) I bet you loved your grandma. Oh, I reckon she loved him back. (laughs) Uh, Now, another one was that as much as he loved LBJ. He loved a BJ more? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There were murmurs that Harold had planned to withdraw Australia from the Vietnam War, thus leaving America alone in the conflict. Right. So people suggested that the same CIA agency that Harold had let establish itself in Australia assassinated Harold 
before he could withdraw the troops from Vietnam. Uh, wouldn't they just threaten to out him for being a philanderer and destroy his career? Well, there's also so like they just the CIA randomly kept a dude in the ocean just in case he <laughs> would like quick, quick, quick. He's he's down at Nubby Beach. It's like Point Break. <laughs> but my particular favorite theory. Yeah. Now this one was sort of rumored and then really caught hold after not long after Harold's passing. Yeah. A book was released. Uh, I think you'll like the title. It was quite subtle. It didn't want to give everything away in the heading, in the title. Um, you know, wanted you, oh, I'm going to have to read it to find out what the conspiracy is. Yeah. With the title, Harold Holt was a Chinese spy. <laughs> okay. This theory suggested that Harold Holt, in fact, his whole career had been bought by the Chinese government. Okay, yep. And was working as a spy and had thus worked his way up through the ranks of the Australian uh, Parliament to then become Prime Minister. Having decided he wanted no poor of this over-capitalist society... He wanted to return to his loving China. Yep. So the Chinese sneaked a submarine <laughs> into the very, very shallow waters. He disappeared under the wave where he was met by Chinese underwater divers who put him in a special bell and then took him back out to the waiting Chinese submarine that returned him to China. Right. Where they never announced that he had defected to China, but left to tell them about the secrets of Australia instead of, I don't know, you're the prime minister and maybe just do things if you were a Chinese spy. What were the secrets in Australia in the 1960s? Just gets over there. What have you got for us? Well, you can put white wine in a fucking soda stream and you've got goon champagne. (laughs) There you go. They really don't like Asian people. (laughs) I like how he cleverly disguised his, uh, his true nature as a Chinese spy by committing a Australia's resources to halting communism yeah. through the Vietnam War. Yeah. Oh, talk about it. You know, the like the double distraction. Yeah. Oh, it's the yeah. yeah. Well played, sir. Well played. So, um, do you think any of those theories are correct? Or well, first of all, I love the fact that they just—you didn't even need to buy the book. <laughs> yeah. It just gave it all away. He's yeah. Like, Bam. Ah. Oh. I suppose if if you're going to buy an airport lounge book, you, you're so terrified of fine because the Minister of Transport has recently been killed. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to want a real page turner. Yeah. Spies. Far out. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, I like sharks. Yeah. <laughs> sharks did that. Yeah. Because you know, you're talking about Cheviot Beach, which is just on the inlet there at Portsea. Um, you know, quite a lot of ocean currents go through there. Yeah. Um, big fucking sharks. Yeah. Big fucking sharks out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the the other thing as well is that um, a lot of people who aren't used to the Australian waters, we have a lot of problems. We have a lot of people get carried away and drown every year, visitors. Because we basically we have these rips. You're like, oh, the ocean looks lovely. But there are these undercurrents that are so strong, like the strongest force, like trying to like walk into a hurricane. 
And what they do is they actually, you know, grab you, drag you out to sea or just sort of suck you down to your to your death. And I think he was an old, horny, stupid fucking bloke <laughs> who was too busy trying to get his dick wet, ended up just getting his lungs wet, <laughs> got caught in a riptide, bloody sucked out to sea and eaten by bloody wildlife. It sounds like he was such a fiend for the pussy though that he had gills. So... <laughs> but yeah, all of this literally because and again it comes back to as if he had a security detail. A, a security detail would never have let him go into that water. That is true. Or, you know, they could have seen the situation and, you know, tried to start a rescue. Yeah. You know, or just fucking done something rather than fucking stand there marchery giving yourself a twiddle as the fucking prime minister fucking sail away, sail away to fucking Japan. So you got to wonder about the quality of Australian security details then too because they let a guy sit around outside Parliament House. For six days. With a fucking briefcase and a photo of the Prime Minister. Yeah, just and a fucking going, rifle. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. No, not just that. Someone took it. He went in for a tour and they held like his like suitcase with a fucking rifle in it. Well, someone went, yep, this is where the ministers sit. You know, like you get an eagle eye shot of them from here. <laughs> oh, what's that? You've got a sawn off. Well, you want to go into this room where they're all nice and close. Yeah, mate. yeah. Come on, mate. You've got to shoot for the conditions. Accuracy is not your friend. <laughs> you want to get him at the members lounge. <laughs> where they're all packed together like a yeah. barn door. Yeah, mate. You're not Lee Harvey Oswald. You want to John Wilkes Booth this gun. <laughs> get right up next to him and... Boop. Oh my god! You know what? That's so funny because that's what people used to say about your grandma. <laughs> Kip, Claire Wilkes Booth. Get right up close and then just—I can't do it. <laughs> just pop her one. Pop. <laughs> Grandma's pussy. That's not true. It wasn't tight enough to make that pop sound by the end. No, she had more American fluids in her than the fucking beaches of Normandy. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> they called her Omaha Dog Sector 1. <laughs> Your grandma's bedroom floor saw more boots than the sands of Gallipoli, mate. <laughs> and someone had a donkey for some reason. <laughs> my poor oh. recently deceased very Catholic grandmother. Oh, my God. Your grandma's pussy carried more soldiers, <laughs> soldiers than Simpsons donkey. Why isn't your grandma's pussy on a stamp? <laughs> Just carrying you like a wounded soldier. I nursed him back to health, Ethel. <laughs> he couldn't walk, but by God, he had the spirit restored to him. <laughs> oh, mustard gas attack. Ooh. Oh, Jesus Christ. Bless her. That woman should, you know what she should? She should get like a milit- full military honours or something. Yeah. As should all the women, the women of Port Perry. Yeah. Like instead of a purple heart, the purple curtains. Oh, Because nice. they've, they've just been thrashed. <gasps> the purple pearl. Yes. Yes. Nice little <laughs> clam with the little pearl sitting in it. Oh. Oh, I say that. Men would just look at it and go, what is that? Oh, I can't find it. It doesn't exist. What are you Lie, talking about? I read this in the Captain America comic. Lie back and fucking just bite your lip. <laughs> It'll be over quick. <laughs> Get you a nice white baby for John Howard. <laughs> Captain America ate the pussy. He did not go near it. You know, yeah, oh my God. You know what? We're going to do a seance with your dead grandma. <laughs> and we're going to be like, did Captain America eat the pussy? 
And she'll be like, fuck yeah. And the fucking table will start. Like, oh, <laughs> fuck. We'll just find out it's just a washing machine with an uneven load. <laughs> There's no way to speak about your grandma. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She was a saint. She was for her country. <laughs> she should be on currency, mate. I tell oh. you. Oh, God bless that woman. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I'm feeling quite patriotic. Dun, 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 uh, dun, dun. Just with their fucking bloomers at half mast. Uh, oh my god, when we start making merch, we're gonna make a merch, we're gonna make a shirt out of your grandma. Oh Jesus. Oh man. Yeah. That's nah, a bit mean. <laughs> what? The woman's a national treasure. It's a national treasure. You know what? We'll do an episode on her one week. You're picking on my grandma at this point. We'll just <laughs> She lived a tragic life of austerity in a very hard town. You know why it was hard? Because yeah. <laughs> of her and her three sisters, yeah. <laughs> Bow, chicken, wham, wham. <laughs> they won the war, man. They single-handedly defeated Hitler. Well, actually, they were, oh, they were all fighting the Japanese. The what? They were fighting the Japanese. Oh, okay. Oh, well, actually, there was. if we're going to get into semantics, there was two mm. divisions and a bunch of local people ended up fighting in uh, Tobruk against Rommel. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, including my grandfather, went yeah. and fought in the Pacific. Oh, my grandfather um, fought at Tobruk against Rommel. He was one of the rats of Tobruk. Oh, you know who well, was a rat with your fucking grandma? All the US servicemen who were based in Broken Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Going to her lead mine, as they called it. Digging for bauxite. <laughs> that woman was a saint. Hush your <laughs> mouth. Hush your mouth. <laughs> She was, a, she was a proper English lady. Thank you very much. Okay, very no. good. And with that, <laughs> and then my good name dragged through the mud. What? Actually, I've already dragged our family's name through the mud several times. Yeah, I was going to say, God, if anyone's... No, that woman, woman is a saint. She did her bit for the, for the country, for freedom. We owe our freedom to Granny McBigflaps Brooks. <laughs> Claire Stevens, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, thank you, Claire Clamstroker Stevens. <laughs> she did her bit for the nation. Woo! <sighs> showed some American GIs a time they'll never forget. Woo, 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 woo. Gave them the strength of 20 atom bombs for a period of 20 seconds. <laughs> Which is the Captain America story. He, no. just, he just fucked her for 20 seconds. <laughs> Didn't eat the pussy. He ate the pussy. He didn't come close. He ate the pussy. No, he's... No. You see how weedy that fuck was? He had to take drugs. Anyway, we've done this. Yeah, no, that's what I'm just saying. He he appreciates what he needs to do. Captain America? Yeah. Because he, he still remembers what it's like to be that little dude inside. Yeah. And he understands. Okay. For the sake of delineation and mm. um, legacy, now that there's a black Captain America, mm. that guy is fucking jaw deep. Now that there is a... Because they're all getting fucked by Black Dynamite now. Black Captain America. Yeah, Black Captain America is treating women right. He can he can, he can, can fuck you and eat your pussy at the same time. That's it's, what I'm saying. Yeah, well, Steve Rogers, he liked fucking baseball. Oh, Steve does like to Roger. Woo! <laughs> Steve does Roger. We've dragged this one for too long. 
That's what they said about your grandma. Oh, greetings to all the newly arrived ABC listeners. <laughs> and farewell to all <laughs> Do your stupid catchphrase so I can press stop. What? Well, I'm sure you can tie it into something about my grandmother being a fucking succubus on her back, taking 50 loads from fucking <laughs> GIs jumping out of those beach landing boats as oh, she my. mowed them down like an MG42 on the fucking beaches. Your your grandma was a patriot and I will not have a word <laughs> against her. But as your grandma said to Captain America... <laughs> Real moth men eat the carpet. Yeah, and he left her disappointed, I'll tell you that much. <gasps>